0: Gretchen, we are so excited. We are going on tour this fall, back on the road with Happier Hour with Gretchen and Elizabeth. Everyone can come see our disembodied (laughs) voices live on stage. Yeah, plus there's going to be slides. We don't get to show slides on the podcast, but we've got slides. Visuals. Yes. We've got tickets now on sale for San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Kansas City, our hometown, Chicago, And for Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn, tickets will go on sale next week. You can get all the information, uh, details, links to buy on GretchenRubin.com slash events. And if you want to make sure you're notified when we're coming to your city um, and more information, sign up for my newsletter at GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter. Yes, hashtag newsletter. I send out information to keep people notified. Please come bring your friends. We had so much fun meeting our podcast listeners at our live shows earlier this year. We can't wait to meet a whole lot more of you. Yay. Should I get a spinning wheel? You mean like for yarn? Yeah. That sounds like clutter to me. Or it could be my new fun thing I do. Hmm.
1: Or it could be clutter. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz.
0: That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in. Los Angeles.
1: In this episode, we're going to discuss why the beginning of the school year is such a boost
0: to our productivity. Then we're going to do a take-two deep dive on health lulls. Sarah, a few episodes ago, you shared that you have been in a health lull, and the response from our listeners was immense.
1: Yes, we got a ton of... Really insightful emails and great ideas for how to get out of a lull. So we're going to share those. And then our Hollywood hack is a lesson from the iPhone game Candy Crush.
0: <laughs> Which I deleted from my phone many months ago. <laughs> but before we get into all that, we have an update. In episode 119, we talked to my friend Jessica Barbarian about ways to up her Instagram game. And in that conversation, we all used the word GIF. GIF.
1: Gif. Jif Gif. Jif Gif. Oh, my God. We sparked a debate. (laughs) It was like the great hard G, soft G debate of 2019. Our Facebook group exploded.
0: Yes. (laughs) So someone on Facebook said, you know, love the podcast, but I have to correct you all. It is not Jif. It is Gif. And she sort of, you know, was very firm about that. And it was funny because I thought, oh, that's weird. I always thought it was Jif. And I happened to be with my sister Gretchen in Kansas City, and we, of course, started a deep dive on the internet into this question. (gasps) And Gretchen unearthed that the person who created GIFs decided it was going to be GIF, partly inspired by GIF peanut butter, even though that's spelled J-I-F. And then the people on the other side
1: of the debate say it's GIF because it's short for G- graphic,
0: you know, whatever. Yes. Um. So, I mean, people have very strong feelings about this. Yes. And then we further realized both pronunciations are accepted by the Oxford English Dictionary. Yes. So, technically, you can say either. So, we have developed our positions on this yes. issue. Everyone has their own. Your position is? I'm going to say GIF. I think if the person who created it said GIF, then that's what it is, whether or not others agree. And I am going to say whatever comes out of my mouth because
1: I cannot commit to one or the other. Sometimes I say GIF, sometimes I say gif. I just, you know, it, this is not a hill I'm going to die on. There are words like saying actor instead of actress, trying not to say guys, where I feel like there's sort of a larger implication. Right. This is just like, uh, you know, does it. Gif or GIF? GIF or gif. I accept the Oxford English Dictionary, and I'm going to just <laughs> do whatever I
0: happen to say at the moment. <laughs> anyway, it is an interesting debate. It I is. love these. Um, I love getting into the details of words. I know. It's fun. Okay, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk 7, which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's School is Back in Session. Oh, my gosh. Both of our kids went back to school last week. And can we
1: just say a collective giant? Yay! Yay. Oh, my gosh. Violet used to go to preschool year round. So you
0: didn't have the long summer
1: vacation? No, this is the first time I've experienced it. And there were wonderful things. But I finally get that thing of like, it's back to school time, like the joy that emanates from parents, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it now.
0: Yeah, and we talk on Happier all the time about how September is the other January. Yes. And it really is true. And part of the reason that's true for parents is because the summer just disrupts routine. Yeah. And when your kids are doing fun things, it makes you feel like you're on vacation also. And then being on vacation... It just sort of garners a less productive feeling. Yes.
1: But now school is back in session. It's time to be productive, time to get serious. And I love it because it feels like a time to kind of launch. Mm, yes. Um, and and as you're saying, get back into that schedule that we're so good at during the rest of the year, but that but that has gotten lost. So for us, our productivity, I think, is going to explode.
0: Yes, I think we're going to start working earlier in the day because once we've dropped off the kids, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, we're going to do more work hikes, which we were doing, um, you know, at the end of the last school year, and then it got really hot. Yes. But hopefully it'll cool off soon. And we can start earlier
1: because the kids are going to be in school now. It's yes. not like we have to wait until, you know, 10 a.m.
0: Yeah, they won't be home to distract us also when we are working. <laughs> exactly. And that's a big
1: one. Having a kid, you know, jumping on the trampoline while we're trying to work on a pitch, it is distracting now that we're working out of our houses. So that is going to be a big productivity boost.
0: Yes. So I'm excited to um, have our little back to school time. (laughs) Me too. Let us know what back to school means for you. Email us or send a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And back to school is also a very good
1: time to recommit to health goals. And we'll be sharing some listener ideas on that after this break.
0: Head to factormeals.com HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for take two, and we're doing our first take two deep dive. So it's not even just a take two. It is a deep dive take two. We have a lot to share because, wow, we got so many emails and voice memos about health lulls. We are not alone. And Sarah, just to remind our listeners, um, you, for a couple of years, have really been on this health kick where you're just doing one thing after another to improve your health. And then um, you just kind of hit the wall and just didn't feel like doing it anymore. And that was the health lull we're discussing um, and that you're trying to get out of. Yes. And so many
1: people offered really, really, really wise advice. So starting with Michelle, she wrote, Regarding being tired of health stuff, I hear you. I get that way too sometimes. As someone who was diagnosed with celiac back when no one knew what gluten was, health has been at the forefront of my life for many years. Because I have to be so strict in what I eat, I'll often find myself resenting the constant upkeep of being healthy elsewhere, like going to the gym. So here are a couple of things that have helped me. One, find a buddy or somebodies, people who will make the experience fun. Maybe take a cooking class or nutrition class together. And two, journal on why you want to be healthy versus why you should. I always find that when I reconnect with my why, I am less resentful and find the joy in it again.
0: Well, that's great. I, I love that. Such good
1: advice. And I think, you know, I have my big why, which is I want to be around and know my grandkids. Mm -hmm. Um, Not get Alzheimer's. Yes. And really be engaged with my theoretical future grandkids' lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't necessarily help kind of today. Right. And Susan had a really wonderful voicemail that kind of addresses that.
2: Hi Sarah and Liz, my name is Susan. I'm a health coach from Huntington Beach, California. I wanted to share some tips that can break you out of the motivational well-being low you talked about on the podcast. First, know that this happens and usually after one has achieved some success, so you're not alone. Just like Liz supposed, mixing it up and doing new small things is the way to get your brain and body out of any wellness rep. First, re-examine your why. We tend to say we want to be healthy and well for the long term, and that's good, but when we are in a lull, you want to find a why that is short-term. Create a meaningful short-term goal corresponding to that why, perhaps related to an upcoming event or milestone, and your motivation to fulfill that why will emerge. Next, instead of reaching for that trusty Brussels sprout salad, look for foods you might not ordinarily choose. Try different colored peppers or carrots if that's your go-to or maybe a mango in place of your everyday apple and expand beyond that chicken breast for your protein source. Try eating that salad for dinner and switch up other foods you think of as strictly for one particular meal and very soon you will be energized with a new taste palette. For exercise, look for a new challenge and make it fun. A short-term goal is key. Training for an upcoming 5k walk in the neighborhood, for example, will amp your motivation and aim you toward the finish line or try something completely new. If you're a hiker, try that roller skating or kettle lifting or even Tai Chi. We know obligers need accountability. So get a dedicated wellness partner to keep you on track and the social part will keep you engaged. For non-obligers, you can try new activities affordably and in the privacy of your home with free YouTube videos. I like to say, everyday small choices equates to small wins, and small wins give you the confidence to do more. Love your show. Thank you for all you do for us. Such great ideas, Susan.
0: I love the idea of sort of switching up healthy food choices. Yes,
1: and finding a specific fun thing to do. Yes, um, like a—I hate running, but maybe like a—I don't know—a a challenging
0: hike. What? What? Five k. Ugh, um, a challenging hike of some kind. So thanks, Susan. Karen suggests intermittent fasting, which is, you know, all the rage. Sarah, you'll remember our friend Juan Alfonso was on this show talking about intermittent fasting. Yes, and she
1: suggested a couple of audiobooks. Um, Karen suggested, not Juan, Karen suggested a couple of audiobooks. Delay Don't Deny by Jen Stevens
0: and The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. She says she's been doing intermittent fasting for six months. And she says, based on your podcast, I can say this way of life could fit into your schedule or lack thereof. The best part is the unbelievable freedom from using willpower. Eventually, you won't need it. You can be in the presence of people eating and not want to eat. And then she does that. I don't know... If this way of life helps people with type 1 diabetes, however, I know the benefits are great and this way of eating is flexible. Yes. And that's true, Sarah. If I try to do intermittent fasting, it's like I have to know that I may just have to eat if my blood sugar gets low. Yes. Um, So it's, it's not something I could do religiously, but I have been skipping breakfast a lot, which I think is very helpful.
1: Yes. And I do intermittent fasting as well. It's different for women than it is for men. So definitely, uh, if you're thinking about doing it, do your research. Um, And I actually did this program called Prolon um, last month. And it's uh, something that my doctor recommended. It's basically a fast mimicking diet that you do for five days. And I did it, you do it one week for three months, and then you can, you know, do like a day of it or a week of it every once in a while moving forward.
0: So it was intense. It, I was there witnessing the entire thing. It was so crazy. It was not <laughs> easy. You really had to gut it out. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. I get excited when you do it because when you do it, I naturally um, have better habits so if you're eating your ProLon, if I could say eating, um, you're <laughs> nibbling. Her, you're nibbling your ProLon lunch. Well, then I eat like a Jenny Craig lunch. We yes. don't go out to lunch, and for me that's huge. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you have the kind of awful part of it, and I just get the sort of residual benefit. I'm just like hungry and crabby. Yes, But you're I'm, eating well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I love Pro when you do ProLon. <laughs> Although I do have to be aware that your mood could plunge at any moment. It's true. It is very
1: tough. And I get distracted. Like, there comes a time when I'm just so hungry yeah. that all I can think about is the fact that I'm hungry, Yeah, which is not a great boost for productivity. But
0: So it's P-R-O-L-O-N if anybody wants to look it up.
1: Yes, or discuss it with your doctor. Yes.
0: Sarah, a lot of people pointed out that having rules to live by is very helpful. I think that's for when you do have uh, fatigue. It's like if you have these rules, it keeps you from going too far off the rails. Yes. Someone pointed out my uh, no French fries rule is a good rule because, again, it's like you just know you're not going to have fries. What I need is to have a no potato chips rule, and I have not embraced that. yet. I need that rule also. I just love, I I love potato chips. Yeah.
1: Susan called them health commandments, Ah, which I quite like. Yes. Health commandments. And Angie had a good suggestion for one way to do that. She said... What if you decide what you're going to eat for breakfast and what you need for lunch, and you have a menu of five options for dinner, and you pre-schedule your exercise, and then it's done. You don't think about it. You don't worry about it. You just take a month off with all these preset selections. And then she said, every meal does not have to be an orgasmic wow food moment. (laughs) That is true. I don't think any of my meals these days are, honestly, though.
0: Um, that's a great idea. I just think my problem is the socializing, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I just, I want to go out to dinner. I want to have fun. I want to eat chicken Parmesan. <laughs> I, You know, it's, oh, I need a different mindset, clearly. And Sarah, we got this good advice from Rochelle. She said, my advice to getting out of a health rut is treat it like it's your job. You don't wait to, quote, feel like going to work to wake up in the morning. You don't push back deadlines or say, we'll start tomorrow. It's built into your routine because you want that paycheck and the satisfaction that comes from giving something your all. There are hard days in everyone's job and career, but most of us have to keep working. Be honest with yourselves with what's working and what's not, just like how you would review your work and make a change when necessary. You're badasses at your writing jobs, so I know you can do this. Oh, thanks, Rochelle. Yes, I oh, do respond well. Yes,
1: I respond well to very practical things, and that is that is very practical and and true. Yes. And then Joanne wrote in with a particularly insightful take. She says, "I listen to your podcast and think I could see something you can't, mainly because it's so close to you." I believe your waning motivation is called grief. Mm. You have had major losses with your mom and dad and the cancellation of your career baby, The Fix. I say it's time to rest and just be good to yourself. You work so hard as a single parent and as a co-creator of many wonderful and entertaining things. Aw. Um, give yourself a break. You will once again be motivated to live your best life. But for now, I think it's time to enjoy yourself in the incredible life you and your precious Violet have.
0: Mm. That's so sweet. That is sweet. And I think she's probably right about the grief. Um, But that is a dangerous path to go on because if you give yourself a break, that could end up being a five-year break. Yes, exactly. that's something you've really got to be careful of. Yes, there
1: has to be a timeline um, on the break. And a couple other people had a similar reaction, including my friend Katie. Um, She said she listened to that episode and she texted Mm. me and she was like, must discuss. Mm. And she basically said a similar thing, but her point was sort of the opposite of Joanne's. She said, you have to do it for your future self you just yes you are in this place of grief and you can accept that but you still have to kind of treat it like a job
0: yeah just, so she was on the even if it doesn't you don't feel inspired yeah you just do it anyway just grit your teeth and yes, do yes
1: exactly which i totally get and danette from portland sent in a voice memo
3: Hi, Liz and Sarah, it's Danette in Portland, and I just finished your recent podcast with the topic of health wolves which, by the way, I really liked that name. It feels better than sort of slump or something, just a little. But anyway, um, I was thinking of you, Sarah, um, because I was wondering if with the passing of your mom, I'm guessing maybe you've spent less time face-to-face with the reality of brain health and the brain disease that you're concerned with particularly, so what I was thinking is maybe you could make a visit to a local care home and drop like some flowers or something for someone who's finger quote forgotten. I'm sure the staff would have some ideas Um, and maybe enjoy a short visit with the residents. Um, And it might reconnect you to the importance of your health focus, sort of, um, you know, restore the sense of urgency and the real impact. And then of course, along the way, you'd be brightening the day of someone with Your unexpected kindness. So um, it might be an idea that would get you out of your lull. Um, I'm really excited to hear about other listeners' ideas as well. I think it's an important topic. I love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thanks so much for everything you guys do. Wow,
1: Danette. So true. So true and such a great idea.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a really insightful point because... When your mom was alive, you were visiting her on a regular basis. You were faced with, you know, the reality of the disease. But now it's getting more remote. It's a memory. And, of course, that makes it feel less urgent, even if just unconsciously.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I was very uh, motivated because I was seeing that, you know, every day, kind of what Alzheimer's looks like and what I do not want. Um, So... Yes, I think that's a great idea, and I think it would also be really good for Violet because we used to go and vol- and she would volunteer there. When I would visit with my mom, mm-hmm. she would help people cut things, and she would clean up, and it was a really good thing for her. Not every time. She didn't love it, mm-hmm. but um, sort of doing it as a special volunteer activity I think would be good for both of us. Yeah, so- it would
0: definitely build empathy. Yes,
1: yeah, so thank you, Danette.
0: And then, Sarah, um, we heard from Nadia in New Zealand, um, who just had a really lovely way of um, framing this, which we both responded to. Uh, She said, I had a thought on reframing Sarah's health lull. One of my favorite expressions is that we need to, quote, make the difficult habitual, the habitual easy, and the easy beautiful. I apply this to my running when I notice that I'm losing drive and am frustrated about why I'm not a natural runner or why my progress isn't linear. I try to remind myself to lower the bar and stop trying to jump ahead to the easy or indeed beautiful stage. I know these are attainable because once in a while I taste the flow state. However, for the most part, I have to remember that simply continuing to keep a habit, whether or not I find it exciting or easy, is keeping me on the right path.
1: Wow. Make the difficult habitual, the habitual easy, and the easy beautiful. I'm going to write that down and put it on a wall somewhere.
0: Sounds like another commissioned art piece for you. <laughs> Thank you very
1: much, Nadia. Now, we got so many emails and Facebook posts and everything about this topic that it's too much for us to even compile and discuss. So we're going to put up a Facebook post on health lulls with all of the great suggestions that everyone else had. So many people recommended podcasts and books and other very specific actions. So we'll compile those into a post. By we, I mean I. I will <laughs> I will do that and post it um on the day that this podcast goes live.
0: Yeah, I was thank you everyone for the suggestions. I feel very inspired now. So. I do too. Next up, a Hollywood hack from the addictive iPhone game Candy Crush, but first this break.
1: Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's
0: Hollywood hack. What's the goal? All right. I can't wait to hear how this relates to Candy Crush. Please explain. This was an epiphany you had (laughs) playing Candy Crush.
1: Yes. So when I was doing my fast mimicking diet for five days, one of the ways that I got through it is playing a lot of Candy Crush. And Mm. I mean, I played... A lot of Candy Crush. I never pay for, you know, the extra yeah. whatevers. That week I was like, $40 for more? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was playing, if you if you lose a game, which of course you do all the time, a thing comes up that says you did not make the goal. Mm. You did not make the goal. And so you. I saw that over and over and over and over again. Um, and... What I realized that as you're playing these games, there are so many kind of bells and whistles and sparkly things, and you want to make this line or get that candy or whatever the Mm -hmm. thing is, have that thing explode. You know, the explosions are just fabulous when you're into these things. Um, That you sometimes forget what the goal of the game is. Because every game has a different goal. You have to get rid of the frosted squares. You have to whatever. So if you lose track of the goal you will lose the game. Um, so I started going, what's the goal? What's the goal? What's the goal? And that sort of became a work mantra for us. Yes. Thanks to Candy Crush.
0: Yes, it did. I mean, you said this, you and I was like, God, that is a really good question to ask ourselves because we are in the process of making deals and moving forward on things, and we have to say, what's the goal when we're making these decisions, sometimes we get lost in what's right in front of us and we don't think about the big picture. Yes. And so, it's a
1: microcosm thing and a macrocosm thing. Yeah. Um, and always asking yourself that question, it
0: turns out, is super helpful. So thank you, Candy Crush. Yes. Good hack. <laughs> so, Sarah, all that time you spent on Candy Crush was not a waste. That is right. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood.
1: For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you
0: to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at
1: Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward
0: Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do The Thing
1: get in touch I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Kraft. we also have a Facebook group search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation until next week I'm Liz Craft and I'm Sarah Fain thanks for joining us it's a fun job and we enjoy it
0: So, Sarah, what can you do that's fun to motivate you? (laughs) Roller derby?
1: I have no idea.
0: Oh, not the Malibu Triathlon. Oh, my God. (laughs) From the Onward Project.